future is now. Future is Now is a podcast series exploring intersections between art and social change. Produced by Zed Galleries, Sharzad Arshadi, and Caroline Künzli. The title comes from a song by German punk rock singer Nina Hagen. She sings, 1968 is over, it's over. Future is now. It's really going to be a better world. Her lyrics express our feeling that change for a better world is happening right now through the work of many. In each episode, Future Is Now will tell you these stories of change, stories of artists and art projects that inspire us. As you listen, we hope these stories will inspire you too. Future Is Now Hello, and welcome to Future Is Now. I'm your host, Caroline Künzli, and in today's episode, we'll be hearing from artist Forrest Vicky Capo. An Indigenous person of Maori ancestry from Aotearoa, New Zealand, they are currently based in Australia. A dancer, a musician, and a visual artist, Forrest also cares for the dying, working as a nurse in palliative care. Over the course of several conversations, I asked them to reflect on the ways nursing the dying nourishes their artistic practice and how art making enhances their caregiving work. I also asked them, what is death and what does it mean for the body? What place does dying hold in our society and what can death teach us about living? I had a lot of questions and here is Forrest's response called The Art of Dying. My name is Paris Fikikapo. I originate from Aotearoa, New Zealand. I now live on Jajawang country in a settler town called Bendigo in Victoria, Australia. I am an artist who trained in dance and choreography but now work across many mediums, sound, video, installations, performance, theatre, dance, movement. I also work as a nurse four days a week, specialising in residential and palliative care, and I've been doing this for 10 years. I am Indigenous Māori, living as an immigrant in Australia. I identify as trans queer. I am 55 years old. Ko Taranaki Tokimonga ko Wai Totoroa Toku Awa ko Korohopu Toku Waka ko Tiatiawa Natirau Kawa Toku Iwi ko Toroa Nui Toku Marae ko Parihaka Toku Papakainga ko Moana 
Tapiki Phillips Arawa ko Alfred Widipiki Kapo Oki Matua ko Boris B. Kapo Taku Ingo Tihe Nuri Ode. I've been calling this project The Art of Dying. Uh, much of the material and knowledge used comes from my experience in training as a nurse. Um, it's been 10 years. My cultural references were extracted from my lived experience uh, as an indigenous person who grew up in a settler majority um, that excelled in cancel culture. I incorporate somatic training that comes from my university dance training background and the consequential injuries and memories and solutions that I looked for. Um, it's quite hard to thread all of these pieces of myself together. to say that uh, none of this knowledge is final, the knowledge that I'm sharing with you today, and may widely contradict many other people's experiences, yours perhaps, have, um, and your knowledge of death and dying. Um, I want to acknowledge that I'm only solidifying the depth of my own knowledge right now, or and or the lack thereof. Um, I'm no expert in this topic of dying um, and I hope that what I have to say provokes further questions and therefore further answers. How would I describe my nursing role in this field? How has it enriched my spiritual base? And how do these influences inform my practice of care as a nurse and as an artist? These are the questions I asked myself. After finishing my initial training and two or three years into the work, I began to understand certain things about the body. I realized that the body, even though it has its own intelligence, is not the measure of intelligence, nor is it the soul, nor is it the personality. It is a container that carries all of that and more, much, much more. This is the tool and the instrument from which you will measure, categorize, synthesize, and summarize. And it is affected and influenced by many things as it is affecting and influencing things also environments 
people, family, cultures, beliefs, laws, socializations, systems. It is more than the sum of your experiences and it is the container of your experiences. It is finite. This body, your body, our bodies and it is meant to die. And this knowledge, if it was public, if it was taught, if it was seen as a sacred law, well, could be utilized to bring more consciousness or awareness or um, compassion, courage, courage. For me, in my first years of nursing, it was a revelation and at the same time a reminder. It was a reminder to attend to myself and my life better, with joy, with kindness, with humour, with forgiveness. Um, and to attend to all of these factors daily and as well as within the legacy. Mostly, what I have begun to realize is it's about kinships. This segues into the indigenous influences that inform both my nursing and artistic practice. At the heart of, I think, my indigenous upbringing was the relationship and the attendance to kinships across all spheres, time, space, place. My indigenous awareness is governed by my ancestral heritage, the environmental responsibility I have to myself and all other species that I live beside as well as to my family Therefore, it's an incredibly rich and rewarding role. It is also 
and underrated, undervalued, under-resourced, underpaid role. Presently, and the governmental economic policies that many Western countries use to uphold the system informs and speaks loudly to how Western culture views and thinks about dying, their dying. And I feel like this is a very misinformed and misunderstood place to come from because not only are you speaking about the dying, you're speaking to the relationship around getting older and being elderly. And then you start speaking around into the relationship to living and what this really is and how we respect it, nurture it, love it and care for it our acts of living once again I describe my nursing role as being indigenous influenced so I bring to the role a foundation of relationship interconnectedness I treat the people who are under my care as if they were my own parents, sisters, brothers, friends. My neighbors. So I want them to die in a way that completes them so they understand that they themselves had made a conscious choice in the how I help them with their grieving, I help them with their regrets, I help them with their loss of identity, I, or to remake their identity, I help them face their fears, I help them let go. I prepare them for the next journey which I feel like is the most wondrous but that's just speculation something happens to you maybe when you are this close to the dying every day the privilege of standing at this threshold where you can so clearly see the circularity and cycle of life I've come to realize and appreciate the strange vulnerable perfectness that is echoed twice in a lifetime the first time as a baby coming into being, then as we the elders approach our descent and our final act of letting go. 
all the rubbish sort of and the dross drops off and it's so super clear that this life and this breath that we have is such an extraordinary gift and that one should not be wasteful with it in any shape or form For someone born into a very poor working class family that had very little artistic access, influences or expression, the possibility of having a dance career speaks directly to the word miracle. The many energies, people, opportunities, coincidences, mentors, they had to align at the right time and in the right way to even provide the internal space to contemplate such a life as being a dancer is beyond crazy. And I am living proof that miracles do exist and dreams can come true. Yeah, honestly, for a long time after graduating, 25 years ago, my creative endeavors felt more like an awkward balancing act. And I felt more like imposter than an artist. Literally, there were times where it felt like being a dancer in New Zealand bordered on a strange form of cultish enslavement. The constant hustle for the next role in between the many tedious jobs you had to have to aka pay the rent caused me much internalized suffering. And I really didn't have, way back then, the maturity, the self-esteem, or the social intelligence to work in the industry. Privately, I often used that the role of a dancer in a small country like New Zealand was trauma-inducing. And eventually, even after moving to another country to try to dance there, I needed I thought to stop and I did for five years from 40 through to 45 and in that time my parents fell ill and died I started and finished my training as a nurse as well as a psychic healer graduating as a kinesiologist I started a small business and entered and ended a series of codependent relationships. I also became very, very depressed. And at 45 and a half, 
I began to dance again. Initially one class a week and then two. I did one six week course and then another and then another. The following year I danced every Tuesday and Wednesday. The year after that I danced Tuesday, Wednesday and the occasional Thursday. And only then did I begin to feel better and better for longer. Three years after returning to dance, I did a three-month residency in Germany, and this is where and when I started to make work again. The following year, I did a two-month residency and went on tour to celebrate my 50th birthday. And now, all in all, since then, I've made and shown approximately 16 to 17 pieces. while, all the while, and at the same time, growing into my nursing role. But seriously, it was and is because of my nursing role that I started dancing again. There is nothing like facing death on the daily in the public health system to give you that shake up, wake up, do it call. I mean, this job screens so there, please, go find your joy and find it now before you die. Because dying, the last act of it, can be lengthy, brutal, painful and lonely. And I witness a lot of fear with my clients and in my clients around this. That it has become kind of noticeable to me anyway, that there has to be an active act of surrender and the ones that do surrender early settle into the final space with a certain kind of ease. Living, I think, is an intentional act of act too, and one that needs to be surrendered into also. It's been 10 years in nursing and 10 years since returning to dance, and this double anniversary being marked only in the nursing world with a generous round of long service leave which I will probably use to fund a self-residency and sound and imagery somewhere, which is the area I've been working the most in since COVID hit. COVID. Yes, some traumas bear strange fruit, and none stranger than the fruits growing and growing store from COVID. COVID, in my opinion, has been the biggest, shiniest, sharing flame of global awareness that we Earthlings on this planet have experienced for a long time. COVID has definitely highlighted a plentitude of faulty societal values and infrastructures from the bottom of our communities right through to the top of the governmental elite, causing many communities to question the ideologies and paradigms our societies have around leadership, climate change, childcare, education, health, 
really fundamental, foundational issues. In Melbourne, Victoria, the Premier leadership brought us a lockdown that included a curfew, a travel limit, some strong rhetoric, followed up with some rampant militarised style punitive measures as a way to discourage and disincentivise the spread. Here in Victoria, we had one of the longest and toughest lockdowns on record in the world. These tough and arguably necessary measures increased my duties within my nursing role while stripping away all of my artistic projects. And up until this point, nursing had been the side gig and making, researching, exploring my creative drives and influences the main dish. However, overnight, nursing and only nursing became the tough new gig and no one was performing. It's true, working with the dying has given me a very direct relationship to the act of being in service. The word nurse provides a face that the rest of mainstream society can associate with, and generally without any fuss. Nurse, the role creates a sense of relationship that says, I see you, I care for you. Nursing has allowed me to build financial security and that's something my background needed to resolve. As a consequence, I've moved into a different class bracket. Now I am now middle class. I have a mortgage, I have a superannuation fund, I can afford insurance. However, Nursing during COVID was a special blend of hell. I mean, I was glad for the work, of course, yet the burden of the work was way beyond many of our individual capabilities. We became, in some ways, prison guards, imprisoned by our financial responsibilities, by our faceless protective equipment, by our industry's regulations, by our governmental mandates. We were isolated in our role, um, our management disappeared into other buildings or began to work from home. We were the front line, but actually, we were the only line. We were under-resourced, understaffed and under Hippocratic oath to protect our vulnerable and to bring no harm. I found myself then in a very peculiar position, sitting in a small country town full of fear, without any family and or friends within driving distance, with a shitload of time on my hands, having to reconcile the tatters of a makeshift life. And it was under these conditions that I could finally recognise that I belonged to a different breed of human, because I am, on the most part, 
an artist who nurses and not a nurse who makes art. That was The Art of Dying by artist Forrest Vicky Capo. I'd like to say a big thank you to Forrest for creating this piece for us, sharing their reflections and creating the sounds and music heard here. You can find out more about Forrest and their work by checking out their website at forrestvcapo.com. For Future Is Now, I've been your host, Caroline Kinsley. Bye for now. You've been listening to Future Is Now, a podcast series exploring intersections between art and social change. Produced by Zed Gallery's Sharzad Arshadi and Caroline Kunsley. This project was made possible by funding from the Canada Council for the Arts. Future is now.